Hello and welcome to Fidelity Next, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast. Fidelity Next is a podcast for post-secondary students, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. On today's show, we're joined by two members of Fidelity Canada's sales team, Patrick Farkas and Jamie Etier, who are both based out of our Vancouver office. Patrick is the manager regional sales, and Jamie is a business development manager senior, and they joined host Nicole Corriale to share a bit about their specific job, their career path, and Fidelity's career opportunities for new grads, including our unique sales program and award-winning development program. If you're considering starting your career with Fidelity, today's episode is for you. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses and commissions are all associated with fund investments. I'd like to kick off our conversation with how you both got your start at Fidelity and what your role is all about today. Jamie, if you want to take it away. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole, and thank you for having me. So I got started at Fidelity about seven years ago. After university, I'd finished my degree. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I tried working a number of retail jobs, so I worked at Starbucks. I went and taught English in Japan uh, for a little bit as well. And then I eventually started working as an assistant at Investors Group. And from there, I transitioned to working for a place called Van City Credit Union. It's a credit union out in Vancouver. And I worked with the, I worked as a teller for a little bit. And then I worked as an assistant with a number of advisors there. Uh, And that's where I first got the glimpse of sales and wholesaling. There used to be what we would call wholesalers, or here at Fidelity, we call them district vice presidents. They would come in and they would meet with advisors and talk to them. Uh, and I thought that sounded super, super fascinating. So that's kind of what drew me drew me to sales initially. And then to answer your, your second part of your question, what do I do? Well, I am essentially a advisor to financial advisors. So as you all know, advisors working at places like TD, RBC, uh, they provide investment solutions for their clients. So my job is to talk with those advisors, let them know about the products that Fidelity offers. So mutual funds, ETFs, liquid alternatives. I consult with those advisors on our products, on current market environments. It's a very dynamic role, but a lot of my job comes down to relationship building and managing that with advisors. So it's a very, very rewarding and cool place that I've actually ended up. Now, Patrick, I know your journey and your position is a little different. So why don't you explain to us how you got your start at Fidelity? Yes, thanks, Nicole. So I'm the manager of regional sales for the Vancouver office. And to give a bit of background on my journey, Um, I completed an internship at a credit union in high school, and I thought, okay, I want to be in finance. I want to do something um, in commerce. And for how I first got started at Fidelity, after graduating from Bishop's University in Sherbrooke, Quebec, hopped in a van, drove from Sherbrooke to Vancouver for my now wife, who decided to do another degree, but this time at UBC. Had never been to Vancouver before, attended some Bishop's alumni charity events, uh, got to meet someone who was at Fidelity. Loved to hear what they said about the firm. 
And then I started uh, what was entry level at the time, which was business development associate, uh, beginning of 2015. And later on, I was promoted to business development manager. And then I eventually moved into this current role of manager of uh, regional sales. It's refreshing to hear how different your journeys were, um, but you both ended up at the same place. <laughs> I want to bring it back to basics a bit, Jamie. What is advisor sales? Who do, who do you work closely with? And then Patrick, if you can tell us what makes it, what makes advisor sales unique to Fidelity? Yeah, sure. So as I, as I touched on before, so my job is essentially advising advisors on Fidelity products. So I work very closely with advisors. I, again, talk to them about all of the different products that we offer from ETFs, mutual funds, liquid alternatives. There's a lot of relationship building uh, in there. So building that credibility, building trust. We, we work, again, very closely. So we are doing everything from prospecting to maintaining those, those business relationships, looking for new opportunities within sales. And I think sales often can get a, a, a bad, bad rep. People think of the used car salesman, for example. But, you know, that's really not what it is. It can be really rewarding. You, you feel like you are helping advisors because you're essentially consulting with them, guiding them on what their, their clients, what kind of products should be in their investment portfolios. So making sure that people are setting themselves up for the long term financially by working with their financial advisors, who, again, those are our clients, those who I work with very closely on a day-to-day -day basis. Patrick, what makes it unique at Fidelity Advisor Sales? Okay, so uh, I think of a lot of things. I'll try not to ramble uh, too much here, Nicole, but the first thing that comes to mind is what makes us unique is that we only promote from within and everybody has to start entry level like we do for a few departments. And I think this makes it probably one of the most attractive opportunities for new grads or people who are just a couple of years into their career. So we're looking for kind of ambitious people who, who want to continuously grow, continuously to move up to different roles. And I think one thing too that makes us unique is that because of this structure, there's a clear line of progression, which kind of removes the anxiety of thinking, what's my next step? There's a very structured career path where you have the opportunity to grow quickly. So this isn't the path you absolutely have to take. You know, you can always move into different departments. There is a lot of flexibility to do that, but this is the typical trajectory for specifically advisor sales. I'm going to use an, a university analogy, so please bear with me. Hopefully it makes sense. Um, so for the first role, it's the business development representative role. So this is where everybody starts. For the entry-level role, uh, you can think of this as if you're the fir your first year in university, you're building your, your foundation, the knowledge base is very broad, and you're kind of transitioning from high school to university, gaining independence. So here, you're helping all financial advisors with various questions, and you don't have a specific group of clients assigned to you yet. So then there's the business development associate role. So you can think of this kind of like you're, you're in your third or fourth year of university, foundation is strong, you know your concentration. So here you're now assigned one specific territory of about 600 financial advisors, like RBC, TD, and so on. Yeah, and, and, and you're working with a specific team. And then the following role here, you see business development manager. Here you know all the basics and you're now the professor. So you're teaching advisors about capital markets, kind of like Jamie said here, you're really the advisor's advisor, teaching advisors about capital markets products, helping them grow, helping them with all kinds of different things, really partnering with them. 
Then finally, there's district vice president. You're, you can think of this as you're now the president of the university. You have to overlook all your students or AKA uh, you know, your 600 financial advisors and you overlook your team of professors or teacher's assistants. Perfect analogy, <laughs> which I think we can all relate to. No, that was that was perfect. You now you explained, you know, what what makes Fidelity unique and the position. What are some of the benefits to working at Fidelity, specifically the sales team? Because I know personally that there are many, but <laughs> I'd love to hear right. from from you both what you think are what are some of the benefits. I, I can kick that one off. That's okay, Jamie. So just for that, uh, I think. The benefits, um, one, we're the largest advisor sales team in the country. So we have 60 teams across the country. So there's just a lot of room for progression and growth. So for specifically advisor sales, we have, I think I can confidently say we have hands down the best training program in the country. I think that's just from, we're a privately owned company. We're the third largest money manager in the world. So, you know, it gives us uh, some deep pockets. We don't have shareholders to report to. Uh, so we can spend money as we see fit. So we put so, so much uh, into our training. Now I'm here in Toronto and I know you both work out of Vancouver. Are there opportunities with the sales positions to work across Canada? Correct. Yeah. So we have uh, four sales offices. So one being in Toronto, uh, then we have Montreal, and then we have Calgary and we have Vancouver. So within sales, you can work across the country. It's also a flexible in terms of your, it's a hybrid role. So you can work from home, but then we also like to have people come into the office. It's a very collaborative role. So you're working very closely with your colleagues. We're sharing ideas, you know, how to pitch various products, how to explain different things to advisors. Um, a lot of our role really is educational. So a big part of that is being in the office, but it's really nice to have the flexibility that you can work from home. And again, we've got those four major uh, offices across the country, Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. What stands out to me is the number of resources and the support that becomes available to new hires and interns, such as my development and even healthcare. Can you guys speak to some of those perks? Yeah, so Fidelity has a great uh, benefits package, so you don't have to worry about, you know, paying for the dentist. We get allocations every year for uh, like things like psychologists, physiotherapy, massage, like massage therapy. So that is a really great, great benefit as well. Often that gets over overlooked when people are job hunting. People forget about that piece. We also do at Fidelity, we have uh, RSP uh, contributions as well. So uh, that's another great, great benefit um, to encourage, you know, Fidelity really values its, its people and wants to encourage growth within Fidelity and they want to maintain talent uh, or retain talent as well. And that's uh, something that really shouldn't be overlooked. We also have an, a really awesome training program as well, which I can uh, get into more detail if you'd like, or we can save that for later too. Before we get into that, and getting back to more of the, the the starting position, what does the typical day look like for someone in the BDR role? So I I, uh, I can take that one, uh, Nicole. So it's interesting. The roles really change role to role. Um, so that first role, business development representative, um, it's fairly structured. Uh, you do a lot of training. So your first three weeks is in training. 
Um, you're on the phone to the advisors for a bit, then you do another three weeks of training. You're, it's really the advisor call, like, you know, kind of advisor service center, advisor call center, where you're taking in inbound calls from financial advisors to help them with a variety of, of topics. So it's very broad. Um, it's kind of structured that way. But then, you know, as soon as you move into the next role, you're then in a specific territory and it becomes very, uh, how do I say, like, uh, relaxed, I guess. You know, it's very independent. You kind of, how you want to structure your days up to you. But we want people in that first role, that representative role, to really build their foundation that carries over into all the other roles. So it's like knowledge on capital markets, on our product lineup, on uh, you know problem solving, on on processing, on on all back office uh, operations. So it's just really there to kind of build that foundation that carries forward. So it kind of goes from structured in that first role. Um, you're really helping a whole variety of financial advisors calling in. After when you go into one of those specific territory roles, then it's very kind of uh, independent, you know, a lot more freedom. So that makes, mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully that answers it. Of course. Now, Patrick, you are a manager of regional sales. So you're part of the hiring process. What attributes do you look for in potential candidates? So I, I think one thing you can guess right away, we talk a lot about training and constant learning. So I think people who are curious, um, who are open to learning, you know, we teach almost everything. There needs to be a bit of, there, there needs to be a spark and interest in capital markets, but we teach you know almost everything so um you don't necessarily have to have a background in finance uh we're very open to all backgrounds um so as long as you have those qualities that's excellent i think something else is ability to reinvent yourself i think has really proved to be a top quality in the last few years um, we're constantly rolling out new technology new things that we can utilize to help advisors that software programs for portfolio model analyses or if that's just you know new technology to you know, help with finding leads or a whole variety of things. So I think it's just being really open-minded, being, being a, an early adopter of new technology, but the ability to reinvent yourself in the way too is that the industry is changing a lot. And so being okay with kind of changing what you've done in the past, even though it's worked, but might not work going forward. So, and, and kind of adapting your strategy to yourself, to your own personality. So uh, just a quick example on that front for ability to kind of change and reinvent yourself there's a territory I was working and I started off doing a lot of what was done before where it's like, I think it's more heavy with like golf or big wine dinners and hockey games. I'm sorry to everyone who are big like hockey fans or love golf. I'm trash at golf and <laughs> hockey is one of the sports that, you know, I don't follow super well. So I found that it was kind of draining to do those kinds of client events, but I kind of changed up my structure and doing more things sustainable to me. So doing more like branch presentations, more cooking classes, paint nights, like things like that, that I really enjoy and that are more sustainable and help me with my work-life balance. And uh, yeah, I think just, you know, communication skills and being work, working well with others and, and, and soft skills, I think are the top ones that come to mind. Are there any co-op opportunities in sales or other areas of Fidelity and how can they reach out? How can they get involved? Yeah, so uh, you know, we, we have three terms a year. I think we have, I believe, around 12 advisor sales students per term. And we have usually three out west. Um, we have quite a few in Ontario and out east. Um, so yeah, feel free to message myself. Um, yeah, Christina Barr uh, is our partner in campus recruiting, so she can help us with all the different um, co-op opportunities. There are, we get about, we have about up to 50 interns per term um, for all three terms throughout the year. 
various departments. So advisor sales, we have a good chunk of that. But you know, if you're interested in other areas too, just let us know what really gauges your interest and help you with that. Amazing, Jamie. Can you speak to the training that Fidelity organizes for the sales team and what it's like? Yeah, of course. So uh, as you mentioned, like I don't have a finance degree. I started, I studied English literature. Uh, so you definitely don't need that in order to have a really rewarding and enjoyable career here at Fidelity. And our training program is top notch. So th quite the envy uh, within the industry. A lot of other companies have tried to replicate it. But our training program, so we do a number of weeks uh, in Toronto. We do a lot more virtual now uh, post-COVID as well. But we do Again, we go to Toronto, uh, each each role within Fidelity, so within sales, like the business development associate, business development manager, each of those gets several weeks of training. It's very in-depth training. We bring in uh, third-party vendors, so we get everything from uh, investment sophistication courses to etiquette training uh, to, uh, you know, we'd even do some improv training as well, because you got to be able to roll with things when you're on the phone or talking to advisors. Um, and then on top of that, we also have ongoing training as well. So a lot of the ongoing training, uh, for example, when we went to the digital world, when COVID started, we got training on how to run an effective Zoom meeting, uh, present, pre presenting in like a digital format. We got, we, we have a lot of ongoing training that happens as well to keep the sales team sharp, keep, uh, as Patrick said, reinventing ourselves. That's really important to remain top of mind for our advisors, for our clients. It's really quite, quite incredible. Patrick, Jamie sort of touched on this earlier, but it's true. Unfortunately, sometimes sales does get a bad rap and it may deter people from wanting to get into this or make them a bit more hesitant about entering this field. What would you say to those who are hesitant at starting a career in sales, maybe thinking they don't have enough experience or it's just not the right fit? Should they just give it a try? Yeah, I think something to note is that when you think of sales, um, you might not think, you know, you might not maybe have like the, the visualized personality type for it. Some people think you have to be outgoing and extroverted. But one thing that we found is that some of our most successful people are, you know, our most successful people are have a whole variety of personalities. Um, we have some really extroverted people. We have very introverted people and everyone in between that spectrum. You know, we have some of our more successful salespeople uh, who, are, who are doing so, so well. I have a whole variety of backgrounds. One person out West, she started as an actress. We have another one who is in biochemistry, another one who's a physiotherapist. So I think that, you know, there, there's no, if you feel like maybe you're scared, like, okay, I don't think I fit that mold. There's no mold really to, that you have to fill. Um, or you don't maybe have enough knowledge base. We do teach everything. You know, it just takes time and might seem sometimes like a little daunting or scary at first. Like when I first started, I remember my, my second week at the firm, I helped host a Taylor Swift event. <laughs> I was with a bunch of clients and uh, I was like, what, what, like, you know, kind of wondering, like, what is this job? I'm out with uh, Taylor Swift with a bunch of advisors and, and I was very awkward. I had a hard time kind of, you know, starting up conversation and getting reconnected. And it's really a skill that you learn. You think some of these uh, kind of soft skills are, might just come naturally, but it's really something that you need to learn and train and, and you figure out over time. So yeah, we teach everything and, and there's no perfect mold. I think the number of applications just doubled from that story alone, <laughs> that <laughs> Taylor Swift story. I think that's that's great for you know students to hear. Like you said, there is no mold. You can come from 
really any background, as long as you have, you know, the, the drive, the openness to learn and, you know, adapt to the new environment, you will succeed. Jamie, what was the most challenging part and exciting part of the first role, of your first role at Fidelity? Yeah, thanks for asking. And I don't think I mentioned at the beginning, but I actually came into the role as a business development associate. So I had a little bit of background in in terms of the administrative aspect of finance. So, uh, you know, account applications, transfers, like all that administrative stuff that you get now through the business development representative role or the BDR role. Um, So for me, one of the biggest hurdles or the biggest challenges in coming to Fidelity was You know, it's very common among any new job that you start, and that's like learning the processes, learning the systems, then it became learning, learning the product, as Patrick said, we train you on all of that, but it is, it is a bit of a learning curve uh, as well, but um, it's also very exciting. So it was fun for me to learn all of the all of the products and to, you know, learn about the markets and stuff again, coming from an English background, I didn't, it was, it was all really new to me. So that was really exciting. And then just to really hammer home the point of the people here are really incredible. So it's a lot of fun working with your teammates. As I mentioned earlier, it's super collaborative. We have a lot of fun in the office. Uh, We get to do some really cool things like go to concerts and, you know, go for nice dinners and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the people that you work with make all the difference. And the sales team is, I think, probably one of the funnest departments. So I would encourage people to really think about, um, you know, what kind of culture do they like when, or do they want for a career? Uh, Because this can be a really fun and uh, also rewarding one as well. You touched on some great key points. You know, we have events, uh, we do have workshops. Either of you, if you just want to expand a bit more on the culture and your experience with Fidelity in that sense. I think our culture is kind of built from our unique structure in that, you know, you have to start entry level and we only promote from within. So you can you kind of start with the base of people. I guess we just start with like a lot of, of people earlier in their career. So a younger group where they're very ambitious is people who want to continuously grow, who aren't just content. Um, so I think we have a very fun, competitive group that also just kind of like to have fun and, and just a very kind group that are able to just, just build the relationships with, you know, a huge part of our role is just building relationships with with their clients. And so I think everyone has really strong social skills and very, you know, very kind and, and fun. I don't know, Jamie, what do you think? How would you describe it? Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of things I would echo. Like it is uh, because we do a lot of promoting from within. It is very, uh, it can be very competitive. So if you're a competitive person, you're probably going to like the environment here. We do a lot of office events as well. So I think we organize at least like I think at least once a month we're going to do something fun. We, we played mini golf together. As I said, it's very collaborative. So we're always sharing ideas with each other. We're talking to other teams, like what's working for you. But there is also time, as much as it's really social, there's also times where you, of course, you have to put your head down and work. There is a lot that we do. Uh, it's a very, it's one of those jobs where, as Patrick mentioned, you you can set your own schedule, right? So it's very flexible in how you uh, structure your day, for example. So you get up, you you make some calls, but there's also time where you're more analytical and you're got your your head down and you're working on proposals, product comparisons, that kind of thing. So it really is varied in terms of 
what what your what tasks you're doing and kind of how again how you can structure your day uh, but ultimately it's a really nice I find like a blend of getting out there being social but then also doing hard work for our clients as well to make sure that we're servicing our advisors uh, as as best as we can. Now, we, I can't believe we only have a couple minutes left. This just flew by. Great discussion. What would you say is the key to success to maintaining client relations in the sales world? I think touch points. I think mm. as long as you show that, you know, I, I heard I heard someone say where, you know, if there's some, if, you know, if there's two people, person A maybe has more value add, but maybe only touches base to the client twice a year versus person B that has six touch points, but might not, but might not provide as much value each one of those times. Person B with more touch points will win the business and the trust and the support. I think it really comes down to just always being available, you know, providing support. That's, you know, any aspect that they need help with and uh, having quick response time, you know, being very resourceful and, uh, you know, sympathetic and, and, and just very reliable and, and minimizing mistakes. But Jamie, I think you could dive in a bit better than I can. Oh, I think you hit a lot of the things that I would say. So it was, it, it really comes, there's no, first of all, there's no secret recipe or one, one size fits all kind of approach to sales. That's one of the things that makes it really dynamic. So each team has their own style, I would say, as to how they, how they sell. I don't like to think of it as selling because of some of those other negative connotations that are out there, but I do like to think of it as, as helping people and finding like the best solutions for, for advisors and understanding their needs, um, kind of like an investment psychologist sometimes. But really, I think it, it Patrick's right, it does come down to making yourself available, um, being in regular contact with advisors so that you're top of mind, so that when they sit down with an investor, uh, they are thinking about fidelity. Uh, it also comes down to, you know, how you uh, present that, present the idea to the client as well. So that's where you can get creative and have fun in terms of how you pitch uh, a particular uh, product, but kind of always being able to present something with a fresh perspective and contextualize it as well uh, really will go a long way in closing business and maintaining and growing those relationships with advisors who, and those are, those are our financial advisors are our clients. I can't believe we're out of time. We're actually over time. This was such an exciting conversation. Thank you, Jamie and Patrick, for joining us. And thank you to the viewers for tuning in. Don't forget to like our Fidelity Investments Canada page on LinkedIn to stay up to date on the latest job postings, webcasts, and more. For Fidelity Next, I'm Nicole Corriale. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review or a five-star rating. Thanks. See you next time.